O'Neill Real Estate in Kelmscott could be called the quiet achievers of WA real estate. They've been consistently producing some of the state's best reps for over 50 years, with generation after generation joining the company. I invited brothers Mark Grogan and Travis Grogan, as well as Con Matthews, into the crunch room to ask them what exactly they're putting in the water over at O'Neill. Gentlemen, welcome to The Crunch. Thank you. We're going to get stuck straight into it. Um, Now, we just were having a chat before about all of your histories in real estate, but I want you to re-say everything all over again, starting with Con, first person off the rank. Tell me your background in real estate when you started. So I started in real estate in 2002, Mm -hmm. um, was employed actually by Lee's bloke's father back then. So 2002... um, the market was a pretty exciting time at that stage. You know, I bought my first house in 2001 and property prices were going spastic. So it was really a case of getting in. It was so exciting. Properties were sort of doubling and tripling in price over that period before the GFC hit around 2007. But um, yeah, really, really cool time to be in real estate. I'd previously uh, studied horticulture at TAFE and done that for uh, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the lure of houses and the investment opportunities and the rest came up and yeah, the rest is history. 2007, did you think, ah, uh, time to go or did you just push No, through? I think I'd been um, already selling um, five years by that stage. So there was already some repeat clients and hey, there was enough time to build up, um, yeah, enough, enough opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, even in a market where there's um, downturn, there's still people need to buy and sell a house. That's the reality of it. Yeah. So upsizes, downsizes. The market obviously it peaked at that time, but older couples still needed to downsize to a unit. You know, young couples and they still needed a family home. So yeah. there was still enough turning over at that stage. Beautiful, Trav, you're next. Tell me how you got your start. So I was uh, I just finished high school, so mm-hmm. it was 2007. I finished year 12, and uh, I was going to go and study engineering. And um, I was I Mark was already working at O'Neill's at the time, and he'd been there for about a year or so. And I heard there was a job as a PA going for uh, Mike Dunsmore, uh, who was doing a bit of commercial stuff. He, um, I thought I'd give it a go for a year or so. And um, that's uh, coming up 13 years ago. The rest is history. Yeah. Mark? Trav's scholarship's expired, actually. So. Yeah. That's right. I'm probably going to have to stick with real estate. Now. Yeah, you'll have to go back to TAFE. Um, so I started in 2006. Um, I had always wanted to do it. Uh, obviously, watching Dad... Um, selling real estate growing up, there wasn't a time where I didn't want to be a real estate agent. Uh, but I had an opportunity come up through a family friend to work wholesale, uh, selling mattresses to bedding shops. And so I used to go around from shop to shop, uh, <laughs> selling mattresses um, to furniture shops and had a blast doing that. It was a lot of fun, made some really good friends and good contacts and uh, did that for three and a half years. It was good for about three years. And then towards the end, it was starting to get a little bit, um, I just wanted to be in real estate. I mm-hmm. I'd wanted to do it for so long. So I finished my um, job up there. I'd done my uh, real estate certificate uh, part-time at TAFE, just keeping things rolling. And uh, then went in in 2006. There you go. So little bit of background, the way I guess we got you guys on here, obviously good clients of crib, but I was chatting to Trav about the history of the three of you, Con working with your dad in real estate, you guys having your dad and then coming in. Um, Tell me, I guess, how did that all come together at O'Neill? I want to know about the culture of O'Neill and you guys have a very um, 
you know, it's pretty unique that all of you started your real estate careers pretty young. You're still in it 13 years later. Most people, this is like a second or third career. You're still there. You're still with the same company. Your dad was in real estate. You, Con, worked with the Grogan's dad. Tell me about that. Like, tell me why you're still here. <laughs> well, I think it's fun first and foremost, isn't it? It is. You know what I mean? Like, we'll cut, I'll, I'll look forward to going to work on a Monday. That's the reality of it. You know, it's, it's not like work's great. The end result is good dough, you know, when you get to sell somebody's house. But the reality is... The blokes are fun to be around. The boss is fun. Like the property mm. managers are fun, and it's just really good energy and excitement. Mm -hmm. It's so, a very relaxed place. Like there, there is no real formalities in there ever. Um, it's very, uh, it's very easy to. Uh, there's good natured ribbing and all that sort yeah, of yeah. thing that goes on between pretty much everybody, and uh, the, every day is a pleasure to be there. So I think that's and it comes from the top in as much as they're not really watching over your shoulder day by day by day about what your time is like and all those sorts of things. They trust us that we're going to do the best we can with the time we've got. Uh -huh. And therefore, there comes some you know autonomy and freedom to have a bit of a laugh throughout the day. And I think that's really what keeps us there. Rowan's in charge there now. Has that always been the case while you guys have been there? Or has it changed hands since? When I first started, Mike Dunsmore was a principal, yeah. so in the early for probably a year or so, and yeah. then Ryan bought the business in 2004. And Mike's still selling Mike's there. still selling there. Yeah. yeah. He's primarily commercial industrial now. Yeah. 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 Rowan actually employed me and forgot it was my first day when I rocked up. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so my very first day I rocked up and I had my time, which had taken me about half an hour to get right. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first thing Rowan said to me is, oh, what you're starting today. Mm -hmm. so, Beautiful. Um, yep. That's what you want to hear. That induction, actually. That's right. Yeah, I still don't know if I'm supposed to fill up that water cooler or not. <laughs> Everyone's been thirsty ever since. Um, so I've completely lost my question there on the on the water cooler. Um, the, re the recruitment, I guess, of you guys and the training of you guys, again, there's three of you in the room that we could all probably have your own podcast. You're really successful agents in your own right and, again, have been with O'Neill for a really long time. Tell me about the process of, like, your training, which I know for all of you was a long time ago. But, um, you know, what makes you so successful? What is it about the culture and what's going on there, aside from the good-natured ribbing and it's fun to go to work, that's that's producing really good reps in, you know, and that are, in a, that are really dominant in your market? Ooh. That's a really good question. It is. I think we might have to take a bit of time and just call Rowan on that. <laughs> what it is that he's done? To well, I can't pick it personally. I mean, if I look at what he's doing, I don't know. Is it anything? Because even your I think property, he's a very less man. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. 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 Even your PM team, really high performing. They're still there for a long time, which is really rare in, in property management. Yeah. Shall we be inviting Rowan into the room instead of you? I, th I think it's about balance too. Like we're not. Well, I speak for myself. Real estate is what I do, but it's not who I am either. You know, you, you see some agents out there and their complete identity is wrapped up as a real estate agent, mm -hmm. you know. Um, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think getting that balance right, you know, so it's not all about work. It's about, you know, it's about the kids and the wife and we all go to church together as well as work together. So that balance is so important. And then yeah. you just don't tire out. You don't you don't come and go as really as some other agents do. Mm -hmm. For me, that that's kind of why it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they, they're very much on board with uh, the reason that you're there is not to just build this career. They're not really actually career-focused people. Mm -hmm. um, Rowan and Berwyn, uh, Berwyn is, the, uh, is Rowan's brother, the other owner of the business. Rowan's the principal. Berwyn has other roles within the company. And uh, the 
way that they treat people is very much um, the way that they would like to be treated themselves and they're very human they're very very family focused people um, they are uh, open to people taking time off to be with their families and that's really what the priority is mm -hmm. and real estate is just the way that we make our money um, so yeah they don't live and breathe real estate and real estate industry talk you know be honest we don't go to the rewa ball we don't get we, all, no. we don't get off on being real estate agents the way that some people do and it's, i have plenty of respect for not obviously at least you know we certainly check the the stats regularly oh, yeah. but you know, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a daily thing the only reason we don't go is because we're not number one so. that's right <laughs> yeah, we'd be there it's still part of that plan now yeah and that's what keeps it very sustainable as well is that there's there's not that constant pressure from the top to to do it and whilst this is still a very competitive environment mm -hmm. It's it's not yeah we care but it's not not too much yeah I think that makes a, it makes all the difference and that we actually well I speak for myself I'm quite happy to see these guys succeed I don't want to succeed at the cost of uh, of them and I think we you know we all care about each other and um, yeah yeah you're crying Colin oh, <laughs> there's got to be a bit of competition between you guys though is there a bit of a you know. Are you watching the numbers? Yeah, yeah. I used to, but you know, he blisters it now. There's no point in competing. That's <laughs> he the real Mark. He being Mark, you know, that's the reality of it. I think there was a lot of competition. Like way back, way, way back, I was number one there for a couple of years. And then Mark stepped up a long time ago and he's been our number one gun ever since. So um, there comes a point where you say, Hey, what's the point of competing? Mm -hmm. uh, he's leap years ahead. Um, Even in two thousand sixteen? Even into, well, that that's an area of that's an area of contention, I guess, isn't it, between the mm. three of us? Not particularly, um, but okay, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends <laughs> on numbers. Look, it depends on how you look at statistics yeah. and whether or not you you count high numbers as being important. Rewa Rewa had uh, I think number four on that list for me personally. Um, I yeah, can't remember who was number one, two, and three, but no, I don't think they're in this room. <laughs> <laughs> so no, we're not competitive at all. No, 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 no not at all. No, especially no. if you're not winning. Um, <laughs> no, we, we actually, we actually are. Um, I think to a degree, everyone's competitive. You can't succeed in this industry if you don't have a competitive streak mm -hmm. somewhere within you. Yeah. Uh, but I think over the years, it's actually tamed. We were all in our early twenties when we started doing this, and so we were competing against each other. I don't know if you put it down to ego or whether you put it down to you know just. What well, late puberty, really? Oh, pretty um, much. Eh? <laughs> we're all very competitive, right? <laughs> so we're uh, we had this relationship that was quite edgy for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but I think once we all had kids and realised that there's a lot more to life than just this job. Yeah. And friendships are so important too. I mean, Con and I have known each other since it'd be twenty years now. Yeah. Um, that we've yeah. known each other, um, and you know that's way more important than a listing or you know doing an appraisal that somebody else has done before or working with a buyer that, that you know it's so it's irrelevant yeah um so i think we've all kind of moved on from some of that stuff mm -hmm. um and we have wives that are all really really decent people too so if you go home and you've got a gripe i know mine tells me to pull my head yeah. so um that's an important thing too yeah Beautiful. Tell me what you guys learn from each other. I know each of you, um, I mean, obviously, Mark, you're really pushing with video at the moment. Trav is pretty strong on Instagram where some where you guys aren't really using that a whole heap. Yeah. Um, are there things that you're learning from each other, watching each other, doing constantly? You know, what's that kind of process like in terms of your marketing or your processes or anything like that? Yeah, and it's changed a lot as well in the last 18 years. You know, when I first started, we were taking photos of properties, going down to the, um, the chemist, developing those photos, coming back, <laughs> sticking them on a window card, and that was, that was what we did way back then. My first colleague had a pager, and, and it would beep away. You know, like that's, 
at 18 years ago. So it changes a lot. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of old school in a lot of ways and I take a while to catch on to stuff, as you probably figured out with social and everything else. So um, I guess it's just a case of, yeah, being ready to change and wanting to change. And that, that's kind of hard for me. But watching Mark do it and Trav do it in terms of their social and just the energy and the enthusiasm, that's that's encouraging. You get pulled along with that and that's mm-hmm. the reality of it. So that's that's the beauty of an agency like this, you know, regardless of whether you want to or not, you kind of get pulled along with it, which is a great thing. Yeah. Even, yeah. even just overhearing um, the way people speak on the phone and just mm-hmm. the little isms and we have a very open kind of office and, and so you often hear people on the phone. Con, um, Con's got good volume. Um, Mark's even worse, uh, <laughs> but I sit closer to Mark. Um, but you do, you hear the way that people talk and the way that situations are handled. And so there's a lot of it that I suppose I couldn't specifically say um, I picked that up from Mark or I picked that up from Con, but there's a lot of things that sound pretty similar when I hear myself speaking. I'm like, yeah, that probably didn't come from me. as well. It's like when you listen to friends talk, they all talk the same or like sponge it up. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think over the years, I think Trav hit the nail on the head, you just pick it up because you're around each other yeah. and taking phone calls and dealing with situations that arise and you don't necessarily know where it's coming from when you're dealing with it, but a lot of that is just through observation. Mm-hmm. I think any rep who lands in an office where people are guarded and defensive and protective, mm-hmm. I think is basically going to fail in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know of anyone who could succeed in that because you do a two-week course or whatever it is these days, I think it's a week actually in class at TAFE or at REWA. And that's it. Yeah. They don't teach you how to make those phone calls. They don't teach you how to break the news to someone that there's a finance fallover. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't learn any of those things except through experience on the job. And that's really where you're probably learning off each other without realising it. Yeah. Generally, yeah. we share the victories as well. Like if you get off the phone and something great's happened, you, know, you probably want to brag about it a bit. So the other person's been listening. Oh, that worked. We'll use that. <laughs> Is it an office where, where you guys are pretty much in nine to five? Or like obviously when you... At appointments, you're at appointments, but or you're just coming and going, cons, cons saying no. Probably for 10 to 15, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. We, we measure by minutes, not hours, typically, Jess. Um, it's the first time I've seen these guys for about two weeks. <laughs> that's because you've been building a house, though, <laughs> isn't it? <Yeah. laughs> no, we, we're very, very flexible in terms of that. There's really yeah. the only, account, I guess, accountability is what's up on the sales board every month. Other than that, we've been doing it for long enough to do our own thing. To do what you yeah. Do but hey, we'd see these guys pretty much every day for a portion of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, no, the flexibility is awesome. And that, that just makes it natural and creative and everything else that goes along with that too. Yeah. yeah, we float a fair bit of, you know, stuff past each other in terms of ideas. Like if you're trying to come up with an appraisal price, some stuff's really weird. We, we work in an area that doesn't necessarily have a lot of evidence for certain types of properties. Yes. Yeah. And so you're running ideas past each other going, you know, what do you reckon this is worth? And you'll give each other a phone call and see where things are at. Con started a WhatsApp group, which is mainly photos of everybody's gardens. Uh, that's a lot of background. That's my passion. That's, yeah. his, that's his tech. He's embraced the tech. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, yeah, Watch it's, out. It's been amazing uh, to see the photos of everyone's lavender and whatnot. But um, it's, it's been good. Uh, and that's the sort of thing where, you know, there's a lot of um, interaction relating to work as well as just general, you know, knowing each other and being mates. Yeah. Is there anything that anyone, I mean, it's been a long history, a long career, anything any of you guys have started that the other two have thought that is absolutely never going to work and then you've had to eat your words. Mark did isogenics for a bit. That surprised us. <laughs> <laughs> he's been rehearsing. I know. Right? Seriously, <laughs> he's practised <laughs> a hundred times in the time, mate. Did it work? Yeah, everyone's happy with that. It's good, yeah. 
Now you've thrown him, eh? <laughs> I had to shake and drink my words. <laughs> no? Mm. Oh, the, I guess the um, being a bit of a, a relic at times with the whole social media thing when these guys started doing that, I mean, yeah, let's see how long that lasts, this Facebook fad, and it's kind of still here. So. Ten years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Con's recently got email as well. And that's, that's, been, that's, and that's been revolutionary, I've got to admit, hey. Um, Giving away your pigeon. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 at home. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well, I, I would say I, I, I've uh, had to eat my words on Con's diary. Um, Con is one of the few people that orders the Ringwa diary each year. Yeah. In fact, when the order goes in, they they are very surprised to see it come in, and they go, "Well, what are we going to do now? We actually just put this up here. We didn't even we didn't even print any of these. That's so why they're three hundred bucks a diary now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have to go down to Debden, get one made up, and make it look like this is a normal thing. So Con still runs a paper diary, and uh, every year I've said to him, "Mate, you know, come on, get on board with the electronic diary." But you know, I, if I'm being honest, I've probably missed more appointments than Con has over the years because if it's in pen. It doesn't, you know, have software glitches or anything like that. There's never been a big biro software glitch where it suddenly just disappears, and uh, and then you know you miss your appointment. So, have to eat my words. I reckon his paper diary system is effective, and uh, you know there are times where I wish I'd written it down. But um, that's <laughs> it's always next year, mate. It's always I'll next put the order in to make the to make the move back to the Devon. <laughs> are they going to reduce the cost if you both put an order? In well, let's not? hope so. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what's uh, what's a new habit that you guys have implemented in the last couple of years that's changed your life? I'd love to hear comments. Well, I've started exercising. I, I hit, um, what am I now, 36. I hit 34, 33, 34, and I just got a bit fat. That's the reality of it. I'd, um, I'd hit 100 kilos and I thought, no, nah, enough was enough. And, you know, it's funny. You look at yourself in the mirror and you think, you know, that's okay. But then, you know, I don't know, somehow I started looking at myself in photos or or um, business cards and all that. Nah, something's got to give here. So I joined F45 in January 2018. And uh, yeah, and so for the last two and a bit years, I've been working out every morning. And that's great. It's just, it's become a habit now. Love the discipline um, and the friendship. There's a lot of guys that we've sort of made friendship and, and obviously business as well has come from that over the last couple of years. But just feeling so much better and have so much more energy now, which has been awesome. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would say exactly the same thing. I joined shortly after Con did. Um, and with that came early morning starts. And that has changed so much because that energy in the morning, uh, kids are still in bed often by the time I get back. And um, it's just a time to get through emails with the phones not ringing. Generally speaking, the emails aren't coming in other than just the, uh, the standard ones that are there every morning. Um, and just that Going into the day with probably fifty percent less on my in my inbox to do yeah. um, makes a big difference, and that's that changes the way you approach the day. The appointments that you sort of think, oh, I've got so much to do that my my inbox is full of stuff, um, and you've also you know, the blood's pumping. You've been to the gym and and, and some exercise as well. So mm. um, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest thing for me as well. Beautiful, mm. Mark. Are you um, on? getting up at four thirty has probably been the big change for me and for my wife, um, <coughs> and that's been a, a huge help, just in terms of, as Trav said, starting the day with a lot less on the to do list or a to do list that's been you know, freshened up mm-hmm. um, for the start of the day. Are you doing the F forty five as well? Are you just getting yeah, up and getting nah, that's a good idea. Nice. I like the idea. Love the concept. Um, joined for a short time. <laughs> just you know, it's. Um, 
It just couldn't was, do the star jumps, is that it? Yeah, it was the star jumps and the coordination. coordination. <laughs> so, so it's the YMCA was, over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do need to. Uh, I do need to correct that. It's probably been a uh, a busy time of life with with really little kids and all that sort of stuff. And I tend to help my wife out a lot more than some like other guys. That sounds like an excuse. Um, <laughs> get on board with some of the actual home stuff. Uh, but no, I, it is it is a hundred percent. It's an excuse. But uh, getting uh, up at four thirty and the lawnmower man and all those things. I so, also get up at four thirty but it's just for two minutes while I go to the toilet and straight back into bed. So. <laughs> what are you doing at 4.30? Uh, just doing so emails and I start the day, day. Yeah, um, as Con mentioned before, we, um, we all go to the same church. So I start my day, um, I read the Bible for a while, I pray, and then I hit my emails. Yeah, and okay. uh, praying before that is often probably a pretty good place to start. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, um, that's the way that we start our morning. Beautiful. There you go. Um, best piece of advice from someone in, you've received from someone in the industry? I don't know if it's the industry, but um, and I'm not too sure where this comes from. I, it could have been from my younger brother who can be quite philosophical at times. It may also have been from Ross Lyon at one of his press conferences. <laughs> but it's uh, things are never as bad or as good as they seem. Probably so Ross Lyon. It could have been Ross Lyon, but he no doubt <laughs> took it off somebody else. We got um, off Tim. I reckon he'd got off. You think so? Yeah, it could well have done. But you know, when you're in that, when you got that finance fall over, and that ten seconds after that, you're like, "What the frig is going on here?" Your whole world crumbles, and then you resell it the week after, and it's all okay. Yeah. Or you settle on a big deal, and it's incredible, and then you know, two months later, you spent all the money. You know, so yeah. it's. I guess you got to look at the long game. It's the big picture, like right, right there, and then you know, making judgment calls on things that happen uh, right at that time. You know, can be a bit immature, an immature way of looking at it. Yeah. So that, that's probably the best piece of advice I've got. Um, and the worst piece of advice I've got from a, someone I used to work with a long time ago was do unto others and get the hell out of town. So that, that was uh, <laughs> that was one I got from uh, one of my colleagues when I first started selling, and I, I always thought that was quite humorous. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, worst piece of advice that I, I've probably had is that standard line when you talk to some people, all right, mate, yeah, don't work too hard. Um, that's bad <laughs> advice in real estate. It's such bad advice in real estate. I've I, never I think, heard a real estate agent say don't work no, too not hard. No, not necessarily other agents, but you do like the conjunction agent. Yeah, you know, okay. want to take the young bloke down where he should be. That was, a, that was a big thing, I think, when we entered the industry. Some of these old blokes were a bit like, hang on a second, mate, you don't, don't go too fast there, tiger. So you probably get a bit more of that kind of uh, response from people then. Um, but don't work too hard is probably the worst advice you can get in real estate, especially if you're new. Um, taking appointments at uncomfortable times and, and expecting that you're going to um, make the money is uh, is probably really bad advice. And I don't think there is, you know, four-hour work weeks and that sort of stuff for what we do. No. Um, I think a lot of people like the idea of all of that. Um, but it's just a good book. Just mm-hmm. put it down as a good book. Yeah. Um, there's no way you can... You can get to that sort of volume and those sorts of numbers without being, you know, on a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's probably the worst advice you'd give someone is don't work too hard. There you go. Yeah. Try to strike them in their place. Yeah. You, you asked for the best uh, the did. best advice, but best. We're, we're all here giving the, uh, that's all right. the worst Either advice. Way. I think that's, that's easier. <laughs> probably the worst advice, because um, there's another brother, there's another Grogan brother mm-hmm. who was in real estate for a little while. Um, and he makes a very, very interesting interview. Well. Yeah, absolutely. He so, would, what uh, happened with him in real estate? He's not in there. He's not selling anymore. Yeah, he um, he lasted for what? Two years. Two years or something like that. Yeah. So um, he he's not the most self motivated guy. Um, 
Don't work too hard. He is now. He took that advice. Don't work too hard. He's pretty. Mo- he's pretty self-motivated. He, he, he is now. Yeah. So that's yeah. Yeah, he will probably listen to this. He so he's a good guy. <laughs> never never <laughs> likes my videos on Facebook, but I'm sure he'll listen to the podcast. Yeah, with no comments. No, Brennan's advice was when when we all first started, there were certain KPIs just to keep. There were a lot of young guys in the office, and there were certain KPIs that had to be met. Some of that was letterbox dropping because that was a big thing back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone really ever pushed the MySpace um, social thing because that was what was going at the time. But uh, <laughs> oh, certainly involved. Hang on a second. I don't think so. No, sure. No. People want to be musicians. Yeah, that. I was yeah. going to say that was afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Bren's idea of getting through his letterbox drops nice and quickly was to target strata complexes, right? Because all the letterboxes are together. Right. And that meant that he could Another get off to lunch nice and early. So um, that's probably pretty bad advice um, that, uh, that Brent was giving out there. Yeah. At one stage, all he had for sale, <laughs> his only listings were one bedroom and, and two, two bedroom, bedroom units. I've got a lot of those in yeah, Kelmscott. Kelm Kelm <laughs> <laughs> it was the beginning of the end. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um... Are there any agents, you guys said you don't go the re-rewards and you're not very competitive, which I only semi-believe. Are there any agents around that you are kind of think of doing good things, keeping an eye on, or do you keep it pretty much in the office? Does Bowie need to be told that he's good? Shane Beaumont? Oh, Shane Beaumont, never heard of him. Who's he? Yeah, no, he's, um, he does... Uh, he does a lot of those Instagram things like trap. What's that? Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's the guy with actual followers uh, as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the, true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the key. Oh, that's, that's probably that's why it's working true. for that's him. The key. <laughs> I don't a great deal, to be honest with you. Again, that's it's kind of, yeah, I don't. Uh, Mark, obviously, is a pretty good example. Trav, a good example to follow as well. So these guys are doing really good things in our area. I follow and observe them to yeah. a certain degree. Um, and, yeah. That's pretty much it for me. Oh, you know, I pump a bit of dialogue in the real estate gym. Um, so I'll get in, I'll get in, there, with, I'll get in there with Tom Panos and, um, and pay attention to what people are doing there. I find that a really helpful thing. And also listening to your podcast. I mean, you just hear what other people are doing. And I don't even know necessarily that you have to walk away from everything going, okay, I'm going to implement this. But just keeping your focus and just hearing what other people are doing, how they operate, um, is really, really beneficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's it's the same for anyone. I mean, I'm sure if I knew anything about sport, I'm going to expose myself here as somebody who doesn't, um, I'm sure that the best sports people pay attention to how their competitors are playing. Yeah. Even if they're, you know, just up-and-coming guys um, that are, um, are the future. You know, you've got to keep an eye on what other people are doing because that's how you stay fresh and stay current. Mm-hmm. So real estate gym, fantastic thing. There you go. Trav? Yeah, I think a lot of... Um, with social media being so big now, I feel like we have an insight into a lot of other agents around the place. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's a very um, guarded and probably just showing the best light. Um, mm-hmm. Generally speaking, there's a few out there who are particularly honest. Um, I follow a lot of the big names like uh, Matt Steinway and, and guys like that, and I find it very interesting mm-hmm. um, watching their lives. But I also think that um, that just being around guys that are in our market, because every every market's different. We've got a, a very diverse market. We've got the one-bedroom stuff that, that Brennan used to sell right through to million-dollar stuff up in the hills, all within five, ten minutes of, of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you can actually learn a lot just from within our office because of that yeah. that range. So, um, But, yeah, there's certainly a lot of guys that are out there on social that I'm following, and um, and it's just interesting. And you, you can, um, listening to the podcast as well, you mm-hmm. immerse your your thoughts in uh, in real estate it's nice to know you're not alone you're not the only one going through uh, some of the stuff because you, you can 
get very isolated and get pretty down on it when things aren't going great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Beautiful. You guys have perfected your, uh, I mean, you've again, we've said it before and we'll say it again, been in the game a long time. What's your kind of ideal day look like? Ideal real estate day? You're banging those calls out. So my ideal day would probably be uh, wake up in the morning, have a cup of tea uh, with the wife. That's always nice. Um, say good day to the kids, get them set. And then I hit, I'm probably 8.30 at the office, do about half an hour's worth of work and then to the gym at 9.30. So I work out between 9.30 and 10.15 every morning and then book appointments from about 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I have booked appointments from 10.30 before and uh, rocked up absolutely bucketing with swear. <laughs> Seller saying, what is going on here? <laughs> so I've made sure I've got a 45-minute window after the 45 minutes of exercise to, to get set. And then it's it's pretty organic and it, and it kind of changes every day. I'm not one of these reps that has um, phone calls between this time and that time, yeah. vendor follow-up, photo, no, uh, pretty much as it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I probably work late a couple of nights a week. So for the other three, I'm typically home by sort of 5, 5.30. And that works out well. I've got three young kids. Um, we also homeschool. Yeah. So it's pretty important that I'm, I'm kind of home a reasonable amount of time as well to help the wife out. Yeah, because she's Pulling yeah, her out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that that's kind of my typical day. And then I'll work a Saturday for five or six hours as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mark? Yeah, ideal day for me would be uh, kicking off with, you know, 4.30 till 7, probably just taking through, uh, you know, writing ads and doing all those sorts of things at the top of the day. Um, probably, uh, you know, getting to the office around about 10 is ideal for me if I've done an appointment on the way or whatever might be the case. And really appraisals are probably best for me around about 3 o'clock onwards. Um, if I'm going to be, you know, working with sellers, I want to be there at that time of day. That te- tends to be when my energy is probably at its peak. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was there at 2 o'clock, that's probably when it's at its lowest. Okay. Uh, I sort of need to take some time around about 2 o'clock in the day just to, you know, be my worst. So I've put, um, I've put you in at the perfect time today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so if you get any, like, low star ratings on this podcast, it's possibly due to the 2 o'clock. I was, I was unaware of the Mark's yeah, energy yeah. slump. So. <laughs> yeah, I slump about 2, but, but from about 3 o'clock onwards, I sort of rev up a bit. Um, and uh, yeah, a couple of deals on the board, a couple of listings up on the uh, on the listing board. That's really the ideal day for me. Beautiful, Trav. I'm definitely learning the value of an ideal day. Yeah. Um, I find it hard, as Con said before. I'm in the middle of building a house, and uh, and I'm I'm pretty hands on with that, and that uh, makes it very difficult when you're spending the morning imagine? doing some of that stuff, and then uh, getting out there and um, selling real estate afterwards, and quick shower in between, sort of thing. But um, I do know that whenever I'm feeling uh, under the pump, getting back into that routine of um, up early, off to the gym, um, getting through phone calls and emails early. Um, my kids go to school, so that helps. So uh, I get I usually work from home um, for that stuff. And an hour of very intense working through a list um, of follow-up can be the most effective thing. I can, I can do more in that hour if I'm actually focused on it um, than I can do in a whole day of mucking around trying to take calls while I'm on the road and, and that sort of thing. So um, that's it. And yeah, absolutely, appointments in the afternoon um, work out best for me. It doesn't always work out that way. People um, uh, don't 100% work around my schedule um, when they want to look at houses, when they want to sell it. I know it would be a lot easier if they would. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's, that's energy and also just knowing that you're... Um, at that time of day, if if I've followed that um, that trend, I don't have too much on my to do list, and so I, I just mentally feel o- uh, more open to taking more stuff on and, and having a, a proper conversation with with people. So, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. If people are feeling overwhelmed in the industry, that would be the the one piece of advice would be to 
try and work within some sort of structure. Lock that routine down. For sure. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. What have you guys learned to say no to over the years? Um, look, for me, I've probably learned to say no to the kids a lot more, um, you know, when they want my attention. <laughs> and if, like, if my wife wants me home at a certain time, just, just say no. Um, I mean, they're blood. They are, they are yours. They're your family. Nothing's going to change it. They'll forgive um, you. They'll forgive me. And look, hey, you, you know, by the time they're 18 to 20, they'll have forgotten a lot of that. They'll be paying for their own therapy by the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so if you say no to them, and also, you know, sometimes you've just got to stretch it a bit. So you'll say, look, I'll be home at 7, and then you just call, say, look, it's going to be 9. And look, it's only two hours on a on a 10-hour day. It's not a big deal. So I found the family's really forgiving. So if you cut it off the family and don't affect the client, everything's fine. Beautiful. Yeah. No, that's not done? that's not actually good advice at all. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, put that on the list of worst advice you've received from somebody in the industry. I, think, I reckon I'll, I'm pretty much polar opposite. So uh, I say, what do I say no to? Overpriced listings, unmotivated sellers, too many long nights. Um, just trying to get that balance right. Hey, that's just the key. Like if you if you're doing too much work then something's always got to give, right? That's the reality of it. There's only so much you've got to give. And if it's too much over here, that means not enough's been given there. So I just try and get that balance right. That's the key for me. Yeah. Going around Australia for six months um, in June. So caravanning with the family. Wow. So uh, that's going to be awesome. Still taking on plenty of listings for anyone that's out there. That's, uh, <laughs> don't worry about that. We're going to load up now. But you're just try really trying to get that balance right. Like yeah. the kids, are, my kids are at that age where they're pretty impressionable. I want to be around as much as I can. Yeah. You know? And Mark's an awesome dad too. He works long hours, but hey, he, he does spend good time with the kids. Beautiful. In his Thanks, defense, mate. mate. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and our, our kids are all good friends, and obviously Trav's kids and, and my kids are uh, cousins. So, you know, they've got someone they can depend on. Well, <laughs> well <laughs> balanced. I'm the godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we share the load. That's, uh, yeah. None of you guys have a team, do you? Like, is there, is there ideas to implement PAs or a team to build the business? I have an assistant. Oh, you do have yeah, an assistant? Yeah, I do. So I have Kelvin who works with me. Um, Explains the numbers a little bit as go. well because, you, yeah, you've got to divide it by two. Yeah. So. yeah. Sorry, Mark, go on. You don't have to divide it by two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> This was always going to happen. If you this, was same room. this is this is why my parents didn't have us in the same room when we were growing up. Uh, I had to share with Bren, Strata boy, um, and Mark in the same room. So uh, you put us together, and this does happen. So Trav lived in a Strata title bedroom. <laughs> what was the question? There's going to be a lot of editing here. I can't remember. Uh, what what, what have question? you learned to say no to? Uh, no, it's to do with teams. So oh, I, I work teams. with an assistant. Actually, that's probably the best advice that I could ever give anybody. Is you get to a certain point where running around and doing small jobs that you can get somebody else to do for a price, uh, it's often worth that. So I have been able to spend more time, um, firstly listing and selling, but also I have been able to spend more time with my family since having Kelvin there. So there are times where you might have you know, keys that need getting cut or somebody wants to measure something because they're buying a new bedroom suite and they want to see what size this bedroom is and they want to meet you there at six o'clock. I, I don't have to take that time from my family mm -hmm. now because I have employed somebody to do that. So mm -hmm. that's made a, a huge difference to um, to my existence. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's the way that I've, I've been able to implement a team. Beautiful. Mm. Last question for the three of you. Over 10 years in the industry, obviously we've talked about the highs and lows and there's obviously been moments when you've possibly lost motivation or focus. What do you do when those, what do you do to regain that? 
You know when you first started school, like the new school year, and you had the new pencil case? Yeah, and it smelled so good. That's it. It's so good, and everything's <laughs> clean, and like the first word you write in that new pad is always so neat and so tidy and and uh, and you're not going to draw on your eraser this year that's um, <laughs> that's uh, that I always think of that and so for me when I'm like that I clean my car I clean my desk I get my inbox empty and it's just that fresh start thing I really think that is just all those things are probably a, a great reflection of where my headspace and my time management is at um, so getting on top of those things is 100 percent um a reset for me. Oh, I like that. There is no there is no better reset than than actually standing up, cleaning up your workspace, getting everything organized, and that's yeah, hit it on the head. Yeah, Beautiful. Pencil case. I think holidays are a great reset for me. Hey, like I'll go away yeah, for really? a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a new concept. Six I know. Yeah. Wow, yeah. You, you go away for a week or two, and you come back. You just I, I find I come back recharged and refocused, and just do stuff that you don't ordinarily do. You know, mm -hmm. you just it's kind of like you're taking the blinkers off. You call those people you maybe wouldn't have called. You, you, you just refocus and hungry again, and maybe because you haven't worked for two weeks and you haven't made any sales in the bank. You know, the next <laughs> the next payments due on Wednesday. You know, maybe that's got something to do with it. But the reality is, um, holidays are a really good refresher for me. I love them. Yeah. I think the other thing that can refocus you is going and having a, just a quick look at the sales board. Just seeing how many you've got up there versus everyone else. Just go, okay, where am I at? Yeah. <laughs> Better get something sorted out there. Yep. All right. Make some phone calls. On that note, guys, thank you very much for your time. It's been good. Switching into thank this you. little aquarium with me. And um, here's to a good year. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, and actually, while, while we're here, I just want to say that it has been a lot of fun working with Crib so far. It's that only was. been, what, six to 12 months, something like that. I don't know what it's been now, but um, fantastic team. If anyone's listening to this podcast and is not getting a great experience and working with creative people, um, they really need to revisit it because working with you guys on the videos has been so helpful because you don't just stare at me when it's finished and go, okay, yep, um, all right, would you want to do the outro now? You give feedback, you're putting ideas forward and uh, it just makes such a world of difference to be engaged at that level. So great partnership. Ah, 100%. Thanks, mate. We love working with you guys. So there you go. Slipping the 50 now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this episode. We'd love any feedback or guest suggestions. So please hit me up on Instagram on Jess at Crib to let us know what you think. Did you know about our new podcast, Off Market? Off Market is the latest project from Crib Creative. Every fortnight, you can join me, Shane Beaumont, Ross Hunter, and a special guest as we break down Perth's property market. Find Off Market Perth wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy our shows, this one or Off Market, please don't forget to subscribe and be sure to tell a friend.